Welcome to your one-stop shop for some of the best dirt track racing coverage in the Carolinas and beyond. We feature the SEDRA, the Carolina Sprint Tour, the Carolina Clash, and the Ultimate Super Late Models. Hear from some of the best personalities in dirt track racing. This is Doomwich on Dirt. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing on Dirt. Today will be episode 42 and we will be talking to one of the stars of the Carolina Sprint Tour. He already picked up one win this season at Traveler's Rest back in May and looking to get a few more before the season wraps up. We're going to be talking to Johnny Petrozelli. Uh, he, me and him talked a couple months ago saying, uh, hey, I like to be on the podcast and I've kept up with him. I saw him win. And I actually have a pretty funny story the first time I think I saw Johnny Petrozelli race in person. Uh, we'll get into that and uh, just everything about his racing career, how he got into racing, uh, how versatile he is, all the different types of car, cars he races on dirt and asphalt. And it's just going to be awesome to learn a lot about him. And uh, he's driving a new car now in the Carolina Sprint Tour in the 4P. And yeah, we're just going to be able to learn everything we can and uh, appreciate you guys tuning in for today's episode. After this, I'm going to go over all this weekend's results, including uh, when I was out at Alabama this past weekend for the Talladega Short Track with the SEDRA, their Toys for Toss race. We'll get into all that stuff and all the results, including Carolina Clash at County Line. We got the Carolina Sprint Tour there at Lakeview. Probably talk a little about with a little bit of that with Johnny, obviously. And then we had big weekend with the BAM Street Stocks at Carolina Speedway. And then we also had East Lincoln had another weekly show. So uh, stay for all that stuff at the end of the show, but let's enjoy Johnny Petrozelli. And before we get into it, obviously got to thank Victory Fuel for just always being one of my ambassador sponsors. It's a very great tasting drink set up by Kevin Swindell and Joe Swindell. And I really enjoy it. And if you end up finding something on their website you want to get, some of their merchandise or the drink, you can use code DOOWICH10 for 10% off your order. Helps me out a little bit and helps you save a little bit of money on an awesome drink. It's uh, caffeine-free. It's good for kids. It has a bunch of electrolytes and just everything you need to get a little bit of energy. It's got some vitamin B12. And so if you end up going on their website, find something you like, use code DOOWICH10 for 10% at checkout. And obviously, thanks to Kyle Front Wheel Drive Friday, Always just being a big supporter of the show. Awesome to see him get back behind the wheel this past weekend at Lakeview. I'll mention a little bit of that later in the show. But yeah, let's get on to the Front Wheel Drive Friday Hotline with Johnny Petrozelli. Today's guest is the newest driver of the four car in the Carolina Sprint car, driving the 4J. Today's guest is Johnny Petrozelli. He ended up finishing very strong in fifth place this past weekend at Lakeview, part of the Pop Hans Open Wheel Madness. Johnny, how you doing? Good, man. Glad to be on the show. Awesome. I uh, appreciate you reaching out and uh, wanting to be on the show. And you've been a guy I've had an eye on for a really long time, uh, about three years. But uh, actually, funny story how I kind of first noticed you was I was at Last Call 2020 watching the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. And I was watching Hot Laps, and there was this car that decided to – go up in the wall for some reason and flip on his side and he had a cool name his name was johnny petrozelli <laughs> that, that's honestly the first time i think i ever saw you oh that's a that's a bad first impression but it was a hard hit that's something yeah. like, i'd rather forget that but that was our uh outlaw debut it didn't go very long uh, have you had any better success since then no that, we hadn't that oh. was uh we destroyed that car there and and kind of stepped back from that point 
Uh, so since then, or we can even before then, how, how'd you start in racing and uh, what was your first type of cars or like, what was the first time you went to the track? Well, I mean, if you want to count the, the childhood stuff, we started when I was like 10, 10 or 11 racing go-karts and did a bunch of WK stuff growing up. But um, the sprint car stuff got started off and uh, so 20, I think 2012 was the first year of the Carolina race they were dealing with Ray Abraham. Um, you know, started this, started this sanction or this area division, um, uh, with the race saver deal. Um, there was, I think there were six or seven of us in the, uh, you know, what I like to call the founding father group or whatever. Um, and we were on board from the very beginning with that. Um, so just, I mean, I don't know, you know, it depends on what you're looking at, but the sprint car stuff started 2012. So it's been, we've been doing it just over a decade. Uh, going back to those like 2012 days, like when Everham had the Race Saver 305 Carolina Series, which is now Carolina Sprint Tour, obviously. Uh, who were some of those other founding fathers, and are, are some of them still around right now? Yeah, actually, one the first one that comes to mind is Jake McLean. Okay, uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah the McLean family were on the on the forefront of that deal. Um, you know, so actually, yeah, I think they were racing 360s for a while, a long time before that, and. Um, I mean, I, that's how I got to know Jake and then Mike Lewis, which I believe still runs up in the Virginia series. Um, he lives up in Kernersville. He, he was there at the very first test and then, uh, Gary and Jason Troutman. Um, you know, there's, like I said, there's, uh, Keith Fry had a car. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if Richard Wetmore had a car at that time or if it, maybe that was the following year. And of course, Ray Abraham had a car too. Yeah. Um, like I said, it started out pretty small and then but it grew pretty quick. And I think. You know, the last couple of weekends we've we've heard a little bit, um, but you know we were seeing 15, 18, almost twenty cars. I think we had twenty. Did we have twenty two cars at one of our races this year? I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it usually Fayetteville pulls. You know, at the beginning and at the end of the year, it, it pulls a pretty large crowd um, from Indiana and PA and whatnot coming down. So um, it's the series has done good. And there's not many not many of the regional series that can they can bring that many cars to track you know to your local divisions you know yeah especially with the sprint cars because as everybody knows this is late model stock car country it's hard to have any type of sprint car series especially when it's a 305 when on people on tv and streaming they see the 410s they see those big motors in them and kind of don't pay as much mind to those 305s but i i saw a couple of clips from lakeview this past week and you guys uh, well uh, some uh, all you guys just throw massive sliders and midair sliders like I saw ha- what happened to Sean <laughs> um, at Lakeview. You guys still put on one hell of a show every week. I, I saw you guys. I've seen you guys a couple of times now, and I've been keeping up with you guys online the whole year when I haven't been able to make it to the races. You guys do amazing things with not a lot of motor, and you guys really enjoy it. You guys work on your craft like all these big guys, even though everybody has their full-time jobs. You guys are weekend warriors that still go out there, throw your nuts over your shoulder with the big wing on, and just go for it every single week. And um, Yeah, well, I think that's something that, uh, you know, a lot of people look at, the, oh, it's just a 305. There's not a lot of horsepower or whatever there. And, um, you know, compared to other divisions, we're still probably – we're always the fastest car, you know, right. even, even when, even when, um, the late models and whatnot are there, I mean, we're still, we're still the fastest division, but, um, even speaking power wise, um, I know it's just a still block 305, but you know, a lot of them are floating around that 480 to 520 horsepower. Um, you know, it's so say 500 horsepower car, 
same thing only weighs 1400 pounds or whatever it is you know 14 1500 pounds so mm-hmm. i mean you got the wing the size of the dinner table on it but i mean you know right now in the southeast you know every track's got you know four or five six classes of crate cars you know whether they're modifieds or late models or whatever mm-hmm. um you know or street stocks whatever they're all running 602s or 604s or whatever and, you know this those motors are only 350 400 450 horsepower you know so um compared to and they weigh a thousand pounds more you know so you know um you know, like i said even though they're only the 305 they're still uh, the power to weight ratio is incredible yes, you know so um you know so and I, we do put on a pretty good show obviously you know the more cars you get the more passes the more action you're going to have you know lakeview i think we only had like i think we had 12 or 14 cars at lakeview and you know lakeview's gotten it's pretty big you know um mm-hmm. it's a fast track and uh so you kind of kind of tend to get strung out there a little bit and you don't really see the action but um this year I've really looked forward to this, going to some of the smaller tracks. And, um, but Cherokee was a hell of a show. I think we went, I think at Cherokee, we went like, don't quote me on this, but I think we went like 15th or 16th, like fourth or something. <laughs> like, you know, there was quite a bit of passing at Cherokee. And unfortunately, it got rained out the, the next two times that we were scheduled to go there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the right, the right tracks are going to prep the surface the correct way. You're going to, you know, it's going to be hard to beat the racing of a, of a sprint car with the power to weight ratio and open wheels and everything. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about them is just how small they are, how well they're able to use that power to weight ratio and be able to just get going. Like you said, you guys are going to be faster than any other class out there. It doesn't matter. Like I've, I've tracked the times compared uh, from the big scale of what 410s do to super late models, what the 305s do here to like Thunder Bombers and 602s and just whatever stock cars. It, it, it's just incredible what the Carolina Sprint Tour can bring to this area and be able to, um, I wouldn't necessarily say revive, but just be able to open people's minds to a different type of racing, a different car. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I think it's been hugely successful because like I said, I mean, you know, we're bringing almost, you know, 20 cars to most races and you know we don't have we don't have a single track down here that runs us on a weekly show you know so all we have is the tour um so it's not like we can it's not like a, there's a tour that's going around and robbing local racers from four or five different tracks and come up mm-hmm. with a big field i mean you know i think i think i believe fardell told me you know a while ago there's like 40 or 50 of us down here now with registered hard carts you know with motors in the garage so um even though we're only pulling 20 or 15 or whatever to the races there's a whole bunch of them around I, mean, I wish more would come out on a weekly basis but um like i said i think uh travel and stuff's gotten hard on people this year so um i think next year maybe there'll be a focus on keeping a, a smaller radius um you know make it make the traveling a little bit easier on everybody hopefully we'll get some more cars it'd be cool if they could put together like one big event at the, uh, at the end of the year be able to pull that money together to have a really big event and try to have a really big car count and get a bunch of those hard card guys out, out of the house to be able to get them more like Sean posted a couple months back. He was looking for what the racers want to what in a show, like whether that's good start money, uh, close to home, uh, just other factors like that to be able to bring more people out of these races. Like they have a strong group that is there every single week, which was around, I think it's 12 to 14 cars usually. 
and uh, that's good. And you're saying they've been bringing in 20 for a couple of the shows, and they're going to pull a lot for Fayetteville. But to be able to get maybe up into that 30, 40 range for a big event, I'm not going to put any numbers in Sean's mouth because he'd get mad at me about that. But <laughs> if I just tried to throw out a number saying, hey, they should put this type of race, and I had a random idea a second ago as uh, you were talking that they should – That'd be cool to see them get added to like a short track world championship, uh, dirt car uh, co-sanction with Carolina Sprinter. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, well, I think they tried that for, from what I understand, well, they tried it for a few years, but I think they've got like a crate sprint car type thing mm. going on that I guess there's some conflictions with. But, with the um, race saver motors or maybe something else. Yeah, well, I ran Charlotte with uh, the USCS series. You know, mm. the 360's been there and, yeah, I think every year it comes up that the Carolina Sprint Tour should race at Charlotte. But like I said, I think that I, think I don't even know if that other division even still exists or, or what's going yeah. on. But um, I think I, that was a problem in the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't think that's there. But I think UC, uh, USCS has a good life in the Carolinas with, um, with with the sprint car scene. But just here in the Carolinas specifically, it doesn't. they just don't get around here enough for the fans to really have that want and need to have them a lot more frequently like the Carolina Sprint Tour does, like Carolina Sprint Tour, they're putting on multiple, or uh, attempting to put on multiple events a month all around. Oh, yeah, we're now. racing, I think we're racing every single weekend this month. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much. like four weekends in a row here. Yeah, you're trying to do every week this month, and then uh, good old Cherokee's rain decided to say no again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor thing. I, that was going to be a good event. It was originally for July 29th, I believe. It was going to be that big open-wheel madness event, and uh I'm just glad they're able to work out the armbands uh, situation a little bit with already having everybody there in July and not being able to make it in September. And I just hope they're able to put on a good show like they did in April. Let me give just like a quick rundown of like some of the cars you've ran over time. I know you don't run just on dirt. You run on asphalt. So what other cars are you running right now or have you run in your past sets besides like a dirt sprint car? You know, we've done just about everything. You know, growing up in North Carolina, the focus was, uh, you know, when you're a young kid, you're, the focus is to be uh, a NASCAR driver, right? So um, growing up, you know, that was kind of, you know, trying to stay pavement and stay oval. Um, you know, I, like we graduated from go-karts. We did the WK thing for a while. And raced against a bunch of, turned out to be, you know, some big names in motorsports. That's pretty cool. What were some of childhood, well, you got um, right off the bat, I think, of Jay Crum because we were like rivals. Uh, but you got Jay Crum, you got Bubba Wallace, you got the Bonds Ignores that are now modified guys. Uh, Timmy Salamita is a modified guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Bain. Uh, I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on there. Then uh, we moved up to, um, we moved up to uh, Allison Legacy Cars in like 2005. And at that time, at that time, that was a really big deal. Uh, that series has really struggled recently, but at that time, we were opening up for what was then the Hooters Pro Cup Series, which is now the, the Cars Tour. But the Hooters Pro Cup Series at the time was like, that was my favorite series in the world. They were, they were, they were broadcast on Speed TV and mm-hmm. had Bobby Gill and Jody Lavender and all those guys. Um, just a really good, really, really good uh, kind of stock car series there that was, you know, like I said, nationally televised and whatnot. And we got to open up for them all the time. So we'd have like the Allison legacy deals a, was a, or is a three quarter scale purpose built like stock car two chassis. Hmm. Um, and then they run a, a spec four cylinder motor. So it's like a TQ stock car. And then we'd run a half miles and it was a momentum deal. 
and you know Trevor Boys. I don't know if you recognize that name, but he's a Canadian NASCAR driver in the '80s, and um, he had a team in early two thousand, a Cup team in the early two thousands and whatnot. But he kind of took me in under. What cars? Uh, what cars did he have in NASCAR in like the early two thousands? Sorry. Um, like it was like oh, it was like oh eight to maybe maybe oh nine to like twenty twelve or something like that. I think it was the oh six. Yeah, David Starr driving. Oh, he drove yep. some. Yeah, I know what car um, you're thinking about. Yep, that that's right in my bread basket for <laughs> where I'll re- where I'll remember when me growing up. Yeah, so it was like he. Yeah, so anyways, he took me under his under his wing, you know, young, and um, when I was young, and and he kind of he really liked that Allison Legacy deal. Of course, it was run by the Allison brothers, mm-hmm. the Allison family, Alabama gang, and um, you know, it was you know it was the speed TV thing, and they were running all the coolest short tracks in the southeast. I mean, all all the really good ones. I mean, all of them, you know. Um, and then because we was following the Hooters Pro Cup series, like we always mm-hmm. opened up for them, um, and then. Uh, you know, Trevor was real big on, you know, if you're ever going to make it in NASCAR, you got to learn how to momentum race. You know, you got to keep your momentum up through the corner and, you know, not dive the car or pitch the car too hard and be smooth on the wheel. And, you know, he, he thought the Allison Legacy deal was going to be like the perfect training tool, you know, um, for moving up one day to run the bigger tracks. And so I, sometimes I think it really helps me on a 305. I mean, I, again, that's even though there's a high power to weight ratio, it's still a momentum race with the wings and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of those guys get behind the wheel of a 305 and like to pitch it sideways and look cool for the photos and drive it like it's a 410 or like they see Donnie Shots do, you know. But <laughs> um, I try to keep my car as straight as possible and almost run it like it's a... Uh, almost run it like it's a road course car in the rain or something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, just to just slide around just enough and stay in the gas as much as you can and i mean i try really hard to keep my car straight and like i said momentum race and i don't know i was always raised on that uh you know carrying your momentum up out of the corners was worth a lot more than 50 horsepower you know what i mean so yeah. um yeah so anyway we did the allison lacy thing and then um we did race modifieds for a while went to canada with lived with trevor boys for a little bit and raced the um pavement modifieds and ran modifieds down here in a series that was called the uh, rolling thunder modified series Mm-hmm. Um, it since went defunct, um, but it was a really neat deal. We ran a bunch of, you know, a lot of the same tracks we're running the Legacy car on, you know, South Boston and Langley and Orange County and Concord and um, just a lot of the really neat, you know, the premier pavement hickory, you know, a lot of the premier pavement tracks around here. So um, that was a neat deal. And then and 08, I turned 18 and got my NASCAR E-Series license and, Attempted a couple of races there. We didn't really have deep enough pockets to hang there too long. Um, and then um, we were running that modified, and we got in a we got in a really bad crash at Motor Mile and um, destroyed a car. And Trevor called me and said, uh, "Trevor boys called me. He goes, well, I got this really old gambler car. It's really old. It's a piece of junk." <laughs> He's like, "But if you can find somewhere that you can afford to race a sprint car down here in the Carolinas." you can have this car, but if you don't want it, I'm just going to cut it up and get rid of it. And I'm like, okay, hold on, let me do some digging. And it was like literally that month. I mean, it was like right then and there um, that Ray Everham had announced that he was going to start that, the Carolina deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, Hey, I call him back. I'm like, Hey, I got somewhere. I think I can afford to do this. And, you know, um, and my dad, you know, my dad raced midgets and my grandfather raced midgets. And so we're, 
we're from Florida, but an open will family from Florida transferred to North Carolina and we're living, I was raised in North Carolina. So it was kind of my family's bread and butter anyway to go do the open wheel thing. So just probably why we was running modified so much. Um, yeah. but, um, we had, uh, that was when I transitioned to dirt. I'd never really done any dirt racing this to speak of nothing worthwhile. Um, and then we just almost exclusively went dirt racing at that time and, um, had a lot to figure out, um, as far as, you know, building shocks and doing, just doing all kinds of stuff that was a lot different than the pavement world. And it took us a while to figure it out. And then we got pretty good at there for a while, won a championship or two, and then built a 360 and did some musty stuff, went USCS racing and then got a four, I got a USAC midget rod and was running USAC midgets for a while and then decided like, man, if, if I'm going to figure this out, we need to start doing some more non-wing racing. So yeah. took the wings off and went up to Indiana and, and then had a really good go at, with the USAC world there for a while. I was running the, the midgets and sprint cars and silver crown cars all at the same time. <laughs> and, um, Going yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we was trying to, um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, so yeah, we, we had, we had some really good runs there. We had a top five at the Indy mile in the crown car, and, um, made, made a few A mains in the midget and, you know, that's, a, that's up there is a pretty tough crowd. You know, you go to Angel mm-hmm. Park on during during the Nationals, and there's 50 some cars there. And you know, Keith Coons cars aren't even making a, or not all of them are making a main. And you get in there, and you're you're rubbing elbows with the best of the best in USAC. And and um, you know, that was that was a, a really neat a really neat deal there. But um, they just had a we had a partnership for the motors, and it didn't uh, it didn't last. So after so many years. It, that deal kind of fell apart. And so um, right about that time was when COVID happened. I was getting married and having a kid and building a house. And, you know, so we kind of took a step back there for a couple of years. And in in the meantime, a guy named Gareth Palmer, Australian named Gareth Palmer, Mm -hmm. had, uh, was putting together a team and was going racing. My dad was helping him out. And um, I was helping him out and was doing a bunch of stuff. And he, uh, we put a deal together to, I could, uh, if I built him a spare car out of all the parts he had, <laughs> I could run it. I could run it some. So I worked like six months on going through all of his parts and polishing everything and chasing threads and straightening everything out and throwing away some stuff and <laughs> like just, you know, packing bearings, just doing everything I could to, yeah. you know, just touching everything, you know, just kind of took the same mentality that we had you know, when we're USAC racing or outlaw racing or whatever, and like, you know, what would we do if we were going national tour racing, you know, and took that same mentality or attitude towards, towards that car. And, uh, we went to Fayetteville. I thought we were the fastest car at Fayetteville. And then at the, during the parade lap, the throttle linkage fell off and we didn't even get oh. to run a race. That was, that was the last race of that year. So we had to sit all winter with this car <laughs> and not, not get to do nothing with it. And then we rolled out for the, we rolled out for the first race, I guess that's this year, yeah. And Harris. we ran second. Yep, yeah, we ran second that. to Steve yep. Zerniak in the in the four M car. Yep. Hey. And then um, the second race we won. Yep. Traveler's And then yeah, and then we skipped out a couple of weekends. I think they went to Georgia or Tennessee or somewhere. Tacoa and uh, Tacoa and Livonia. I don't know if they made it Livonia. I know it's a couple of those tracks over there. Uh, Tri County. Yeah, so- Tri County. Yeah, so we skipped out on those, and then um, 
Steve Zerniak unexpectedly, uh, unexpectedly kind of like, I guess, semi-retired or whatever from, from the sprint car deal. And, um, he, uh, apparently told, uh, the Keons to, uh, Mike and Mike, Mike Jr. Mike Sr. to see if they could get me in that car. And they called me and we come to an agreement. And so I, I took that spare car back to Garris and put it away and, jumped into 4M and kind of doing the same thing, you know, um, just going over the car and just trying to make it be the very best we can. And unfortunately we had like three rainouts in a row since I moved yeah. over there. And then this past weekend at Lakeview was really our, it was, it was our first race in that car. And, uh, we broke a shock in the ruts and ran almost the entire feature with no left rear shock. So that's, that was kind of a bummer. Um, but, um, you know, I think I think that car's got a lot of speed in it, and I'm hoping to. Uh, there's only I think there's four races left this year, so mm-hmm. I'm trying trying to be at every one of them. See how many, see if I can get a win, or how many wins we can get before the season goes, and we end up do all winter again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just hope we don't have any more rainouts for us a year because that's just been a bummer during the whole summer. Well, no, I didn't mean that to rhyme, but I just want them to be able to finish off their year strong with uh i know they're finishing off at sumter and i know you guys are going to back to smoky mountain and i believe uh harris speedway as well i can't think of what that fourth one is i'll have to pull it up but yeah i know uh, it's uh sumter we're going back to sumter for yeah, rain day yeah the 21st I, I, I was there that night when uh it poured for two hours and then all the kids were running into the mud on the front stretch that was that was the only entertainment the entire night and then i was just I was just BSing around with uh, Sean and Ben and Andy and all of them for an hour, and then they finally made the decision. They're like, yeah, let's just come back in October. <laughs> that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, a couple couple things I thought about while you're going through your whole story, and uh, thanks for doing that. That's an awesome journey. It feels like uh, for you, it's probably been like the last twenty years of your life with starting out doing some WKA stuff all the way through uh, the Allison Legacy cars and uh, start of the race savers and USAC. And it, it's just been a long ride and you should be proud of everything you've been able to accomplish at this point. Um, going back to being on asphalt in the early days and even what you're able to do now with modifieds, what would you say is probably your favorite like asphalt short track you've been to? So right away, um, Hickory comes to mind right away, um, but mostly because we took a one weekend. You know, Musty used to come there. The Musty four ten sprint cars used to come there a couple mm-hmm. times a year, and um, we used to you know kind of show up there because you know just I just wanted to really run a sprint car on pavement. You know, it's like I still tell people it's like the closest thing to an Indy car I'll probably ever get to drive. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know the power to weight ratio of a especially a 360, you know, now you're almost, you know, you're talking 750 horsepower, 1400 pounds, and, you know, the wing size of a dinner table and, you know, 16 or 18 inch pavement tires, however wide they are. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, they're rocket, I mean, they're just absolute rocket ships on pavement, you know, and, um, we had, uh, that's a 410 series. And, um, we went there one, one year with, um, and Johnny Bridges does this also. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's had a lot of success, kind of the same same way. But we took a we took our dirt car, and we took our dirt car, and a little bit different shock package, and changed some offsets and stuff. And 
Uh, we didn't really block it a whole lot different. I mean, we we tried to set it up like a pavement car at first, and it was just absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh, we went back to the hotel at night and decided that we were just going to set it up like it's a dirt car, just a high bike track, and just see what happens. And it went right. It went like it's called a dog. And uh, but we we showed up with a steel block spec head ASCS. Uh, 360 motor against the four tens and a dirt car against the pavement cars. And we set pole up there. Um, we won the pole award up there and qualifying. And, and those are some, you know, there's some big names there, you know, I mean, uh, Jacob Wilson was there and, um, you know, guys like Brian Tyler, Jimmy McCoon and Aaron mm-hmm. Pierce and, you know, some really, re- Bobby Santos, you know, some really, mm-hmm. really big names really big run names. that run that that must see deal um that must see series national series and i can't remember if that particular race was on mad tv but most of the must see races are so it was probably nationally televised i think it was nationally televised actually now i think about it because i got a few phone calls um and it's just kind of funny you know seeing that broadcast and seeing our dirt car you know way up off the ground and looking funny compared to all the pavement guys but we were we were quick for for a little while eventually the dirt cars are really really hard on the right rear tire uh, the way you got to drive them and stuff to make them go. And uh, we you can't make it 50 laps against those guys. Eventually they sit and wait and they, they drive by you later on in the race. But um, I really, I've always really liked to create in any car, whether it's the Nelson Legacy or the Modified or the Sprint car or anything. It's just, a, you know, you're kind of like always turning there and it's rough. It hasn't been paved in forever. And, um, you know, it's a elbows up driver's track, you know, and it's not a, you know, you can kind of, you can run right around the bottom on the paint or you can be, you know, a groove and a half up too and, and be turning fast laps. So it seems like, and, you know, at least in the sprint cars, if, if some guy's clogging up the bottom, you know, if you're willing to run it in there real hard, you can get around somebody on the outside there too. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of hard to find in the pavement world, right? So yeah, it is. Um, I really like Hickory a lot. And I really like Southern National. I mean, I had some really good runs up at Orange County. I like Southern um, National too. Concord was always really fun. Doesn't exist anymore. But Concord, that dog leg, you know, mm-hmm. the way the way you had to go into one, and then you dip down and you go up the dog leg, or you go up the track and then back down through the, like the I don't know if they call it the trial or what, or dog leg or, the back or whatever turn is which, but yeah, it, was, yeah, it was like triangle that. shaped. And I've seen videos it, there. Yeah, if you, I mean, it's even um, it's on our racing still, as far as I know. I mean, getting a legend car and go to or get, getting anything, go to Concord, and it's like, wow, what a wild ride that is, you know, so that was a really fun track to run, but I don't think it, I think they demolished it a few years ago, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I, I like it all, I, I did, we did a little bit of, um, if the Allison Lakes car, did a little bit of road course racing, and I did the Skip Barber driving school when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, in the Formula cars, and so, you know, I, I, I've always really liked that, too. And um, I actually did the uh, Skip Barber Invitational, the challenge or whatever for the scholarship or that, that little competition that they do. Um, and the year I did it, Alexander Rossi won it. So, yeah, where, so that's really that cool, at? right? Yeah, so, where, where was that at? Yeah, uh, that was at Sebring. That's, um, I did, that's insane. I did, day, I did Daytona, the 24-hour course of Daytona, and then uh, Fontana, and then uh, the Invitational competition or whatever. Um it's like a, it was a Carter Carter scholarship thing. You know, yeah. We were WK champions or whatever, and I applied for you know like hey I, I want to go do this and I got I got the gig got got in there and um, and we got I mean I largely got smoked down there at Sebring. 
Um, we just didn't, I didn't have enough laps and those kids that were down there had way, way more time in those cars than I did. And, and on that particular track, I was first time I've seen that track. And, I mean, I was young. I was like 15. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had, uh, that was a, that was a really tough deal and a really, really stout field. There's like 60 of us down there and, and those guys are really, really good. So, um, so that was neat. You know, so then we get road course racing, you know, the Allison legacy car, we go to Kershaw. So well, like I said, I like it all. I mean, earlier, I mean, I, I'm not a dirt track snob or an open wheel mm-hmm. snob or a pavement snob or an NASCAR snob or an F1 snob. I mean, it's open to yeah, it drives, it drives my wife crazy because I'll have, you know, every weekend I've got the IndyCar race recorded. I've got the F1 qualifying race recorded. I got, I'm watching the ARCA practice and the ARCA race and the truck, <laughs> truck qualifying and truck racing. And then yep. you got all stuff on flow. I mean, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, try to pay attention to so much of it. I'm just a huge motorsports fan that way. I mean, um, I just, I just really respect just about damn near all of it. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, That's awesome. I, I, dig I, it. I dig it all. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard a little bit about the Skip, Skip Barber School Invitationals and stuff like that from some of the old Dell Jr. episodes with, uh, I think it was Connor Daly and uh, Joseph Newgarden, Rossi, some of those guys. Uh, well, uh, Rossi hasn't been on, but they've mentioned him being a part of it. And just some of those crazy mm-hmm. names that have gone through that. I think Junior even went through that school when – he was trying to learn road course racing back in the day, and it just seems like a very helpful thing back in the days. I don't know much about it if it's still around these days, really. But those cars seem—they've been really helpful to drivers all over the place. Doesn't mean if it doesn't matter if you start in the stock car world and just need to brush up on it for a couple of races a year, or you're a full-time road course guy trying to go over to Europe or trying to stay in the states. Uh, IMSA racing or open wheel, it seemed like it was a very instrumental part to a bunch of drivers in the United States and abroad. Yeah, that was a really neat deal. I mean, it was just, you know, a class act as far as the coaches and everything go. And like I said, they had a scholarship set up to keep moving people up and kind of like what the Road to Indy is still doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had actually, we were at the inaugural uh, BC 39, the midget race mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. And um, Rossi was walking around in the pits with, I guess, Connor Daly or whoever. I don't know. He's walking around the pits with somebody. And, and I was sitting there strapped into my car on the grid, and I was getting ready to roll out. And I waved him over, and he, like, points to me, like, who, me? And I'm like, yeah, get over here. He walks over, and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, hey, man. I was like, uh, I said, you remember that that Skip Arbor deal in Sebring? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I was there, too. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we ran against each other. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, he's like, and he looks at me, he's like, and you ended up dirt racing midgets? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy how life can just do that type of Yeah, he, of said, uh, he said, well, how do you like it? And I said, oh, dude. I said, once you jump in a sprint car midget, everything else is ruined. He said, ruined? I said, yeah, absolutely <laughs> ruined. Like, this is the coolest thing in America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wild. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, it is. The first one I ever heard say that was Tony Grahams. You know, he I think he won our championship one year and mm. won a bunch of races with us. And and uh, I guess he aged out of the sprint car deal or whatever. I'm, you know, I don't know. He got out of it and then was trying to replace it, doing other things. And you know, he was having he had some badass go karts and you know all kinds of stuff. And he'd have something to get rid of, and he'd get something else and he'd get rid of it. And he have something else and get rid of it. And then I was like, Tony, what's going on, man? Why do you keep getting? He's like, Yeah. You know, I already ran a sprint car, and now everything else is ruined. I just can't mm-hmm. find nothing else. <laughs> so, 
So it's like, yeah, that's actually, that's a fact. That's a fact. That might be one reason why uh, Larson doesn't get in a late model anymore, in a, in a dirt late model anymore. He he fell back in love with the sprint cars. or he That man will drive absolutely anything, but you notice how he hasn't really ran the late model much since the uh, probably the XR race in April, maybe a thing or two after that. But compared to what he, when he was starting to get into it, and obviously his NASCAR obligations and high limit of that stuff. But once you try sprint cars or whatever ends up being your cup of tea, it just ruins everything else for you, I guess, but it, when you even try anything. But it doesn't seem like that's really happened to you, but it's glad to really see you still uh, enjoying the sprint cars and be able to get in now the, the four a lot more, and hopefully less rainouts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to fill the schedule up as much as we can. The Keon's been good people, and I've been fortunate this year. Like I said, I mean, Gareth Palmer, you couldn't ask for a better guy, a teammate, friend. Um, you know, step up and be like, Johnny, it's been a while since you've been in a car. You know, we need to make this happen. What do we got to do? You know? mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, that kind of got me back at the racetrack. And if he hadn't got me back at the racetrack, I probably wouldn't have the opportunity with the four car. And um, we're looking forward to seeing what happens next year if that if that remains to be a 305 or, you know, if we're going to move up to 360s or 410s or something next year, and uh, there's a lot of different directions that the Ford car could go. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm trying to win as many races as I can to finish off this year. And then we'll see what happens over the winter, what kind of motor gets built or whatever. But um, they've been uh, Mike, Mike Jr., Mike Sr. Um, and his wife there, they've been, they've been really, really, uh, fun to work with and you know it's like we're like three peas in a pod and and going racing and stuff so um looking forward to continuing on to that and riding the wave till next year that's awesome i I, i'm glad to still see you with the series i wasn't sure too much about the situation with uh not running the 11 anymore and now being with the Keons and that situation i didn't i honestly i hadn't heard a thing i guess i just hadn't reached out to enough people uh, about seeing Steve like kind of semi-retiring or just at least taking a step back for now. That was interesting because uh, kind of just starting to keep myself into the series like this year, like, yeah, I kind of like half paid attention, kind of just known about it, but not really dug in like I have this year. And seeing Steve just go out and dominate at Harris with you finishing second and uh, seeing how much he won that by, I thought he was going to be a contender the whole year and stuff like that. Just not understand how the series and that stuff would go. But uh, it's cool to see you in that car now. It seems like a really, really good equipment, really uh, competitive, being able to hopefully, like you're saying, can pick up a couple more wins through the uh, rest of the season and uh, just see what leads for 2024. Yeah. I, um, I, I, we should have had a better run down at Lakeview. I, we got – you know, I guess with passing points in theory, there's no such thing as a bad uh, build draw, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily help either to keep drawing dead last. I think we've drawn dead last huh. like the last three races in a row. Um, I don't know how that keeps happening, but uh, we, uh, you know, we started in back of that heat race and then we went from sixth to third. I think I was, I was either passing second or passing third on like the second lap and um, got way too sideways coming out of four, got into slick stuff and was too hard in the gas and about damn near spun the car out had to get out of the gas and get straight back up and lost all those spots again and then everyone got strung out and it was over and, um so we got buried in the field for the feature and um i think with the passing points i would have started if not outside pole i'd have been in the second row for the feature yeah. and so that that heat race really kind of set the tone for the rest the rest of the night there um and i felt like we should have run a lot better than we did and like so we ended up breaking that shock anyway but 
Um, you know, we've been fast in hot laps before it rained out the previous two times. I, I got high hopes for high hopes for this car and, and all the parts they've got on it. And, um, you know, I think, you know, like I said, Zerniak ran it, like you said, dominated at Harris. So, um, you know, I think the car is definitely capable. It's just a matter of getting it worked out and, and everything coming together for a night. You know, you got, everything's got to go together. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with, I completely lost my train of thought, but it, just the whole year, you just got to keep – you haven't been able to build any momentum in that car with the rainouts and then kind of having a little bit of mechanical issue with that shock and stuff at Lakeview and uh, you're talking about with the passing points. And it still, you, it still came through the field a little bit. It was able to finish fifth, I, uh, I believe, which still stronger on that car. And, uh, yeah, now before we get out of here for the night, you have any sponsors, anybody you want to thank before we uh, hop off of here? No, the Keon car is blank right now. Uh-huh. So, um, I, yeah, I'm actually getting some T-shirts made, and everyone's kind of saying it's kind of funny to see a blank car and a T-shirt. Love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like John Ruggiero and his uh, white, all-white 44 with just one name on, on the corner. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm going to work really hard this winter. Like I, like I told you earlier um, before this, uh, I'm working really hard on building, building out, you know, defining the audience and building the assets and, and putting together some stuff for next year. Um, and that's kind of my goal this, this winter is to really sit down and devote some hours every week to, to knock on, knock on the doors and, and kick them open if I have to, to try to figure out how to make, you know, how to get back. You know, we, you know, we, we ran the national 360 tours and the USAC stuff for, you know, well, five, six years or something, maybe longer. Um, and I'd really like to, you know, we kind of, like I said, COVID came and things got weird and I ended up getting married, having a kid and building a house. And, you know, but I've got all that stuff behind me now yeah. and ready to get back in a seat and get back on the road. And then, like I said, you know, between winning that race with Gareth and then having some speed with the Keons, um, I've, you know, got, I've got a taste for it again. And, I know we can still do it and we're smart enough to do it and mm-hmm. just looking for some partners, um, looking for some partners that want to go have some fun. We're a fun bunch of people and, and, uh, it's hard to beat that, uh, the dirt track life is, it really is. probably of all the racing I've done, you know, the road courses, the pavement ovals, uh, the, all the tours and, you know, all across the country, coast to coast and even up in Canada too. I mean, that's the, uh, the dirt track, the dirt track community and, um, you know that that atmosphere whatever tends to be the most fun you know and so i'm hoping to find a partner that's going to see a, a return on investment you know a good solid roi there on the marketing side of things and um been working really hard lately on you know even with uh, some of the broadcasters like uh like mm-hmm. flow you know getting some of their audience numbers and commercial space you know and trying to bundle some stuff up you know so really cool. um yeah just like i said just been working really hard on putting some stuff together for next year so that we can get back to back to that quote unquote big league, uh, grassroots motorsports, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah awesome. well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Maybe we'll next see. year you will interview me. We'll have, we'll have yeah. more fun things to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll, de- we'll, I will see what you're doing next year and then hopefully we'll get you on not too far into the season or preview seeing the season, see what you got coming up. And uh, I can't really offer you too much uh, monetarily wise at all, but I would love to throw a black do much sticker on there just to blend in a little bit. <laughs> just yeah. a little okay. tiny one on a yeah. pillar. 
Get, get, get something on that car. I mean, dang, yeah. t-shirt's blank right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, pretty much the only edit, the only edit you'd have to do to your t-shirt is how like the size of the car is on a shirt. You just have to do like a white little circle with like a little scribble. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah, good. Anyway, Johnny, I appreciate you coming on tonight. It was a fun interview, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season with the Sprint Tour. Thank you, Evan. Yeah, have a good I'll one. I'll see you. Bye. Yeah. Let's get into this weekend's results. We had a full weekend of racing, including the BAM Street Stocks at Carolina, SEDRA out at Talladega, a couple more of our tracks and series running. I believe the only two of the three tracks in the four series we pay attention to that weren't racing this weekend was Cherokee Speedway. They're taking a few weeks off before their Mike Duval Memorial with the uh, Southern All-Stars. And then it was also, obviously, the Ultimate Super Late Models. Uh, their season's obviously finished. You've heard of that last couple weeks. Um, you know, with... with after every season finishes and it's kind of slow for the rest of the year, like through the winter, I will be doing review episodes of each season of all the tracks and all the series and hopefully have some people help run those tracks and series on here. Probably have Kelly Carlton on again, have Joey Chapman on again, uh, Sean Vardell, probably Andy uh, from Carolina Sprint Tour. Also from the tracks, uh, might try to have like Tony Palladino on or uh, Michael, who's the commentator at East Lincoln. Try to have Tony A there. That'd be awesome from Cherokee. And also as well from Carolina Speedway. It would be cool to have Mark Abernathy on, especially he's uh, done after this season. After I believe after Carolina uh, King of the Carolinas, but I'm not too sure. Uh, that's just what I thought. But yeah, it'd be awesome to have those people to review their seasons and series. But let's just go ahead and get into the results. And I'm just going to go over first where I was at and what I was doing. Uh, if you guys saw on the social medias, I was in Alabama for, I believe it was my first time ever. If I've been there before, I was like three, <laughs> going to like going all the way across the country. But uh, me and my girlfriend got to go there pretty much for both of our first times. I obviously had to do all the things around the area. I had to go. I'm mad I didn't get to go to the go-kart place at Kurt and Kale Deese and uh, Rick Christensen. A bunch of those guys got to go to that. It looked like a lot of fun. I wish I got that out there Friday. And the reason why they were doing that Friday is because everything rained out. They were planning to have their first round of qualifying and practice, and they are going to have the go-karts there and just open practice for all the other divisions. But uh, the rain put a stop to that, so they ended up planning to do a full show on Saturday. And everybody got to the track. They had 40 cars signed in. where They were able to run all the heat races, all the qualifying for all the divisions, including the SCDRA, which for them, uh, if you're not familiar with their system, they lock in the top 11 from qualifying, and then the rest of them go through one of three B mains, and you have to be one of the top three, yes, top three, transfer in from the B into the main, and then they have four provisionals, which points provisionals, and if all those are used up, nobody needs them. It just goes to the highest qualifiers, I believe, or just they'll just take other people out of those. And so we had a 24-car field ready to go. I believe they had two features that were going to be running before the SCDRA, and then it just started pouring. It started pissing rain. <laughs> it was very deflating, and uh, a lot of us kind of had to decide – whether we're going to stay or go. There was a couple that left that are going to be in the non-qualifier race at the end of the show, but still had a lot of cars there Sunday. They ended up having gates at 11, races start at 1, which they held to that. Like, you would think, okay, races start at 1, they're going to still be working in the track, maybe just have some cars come running in, but no, it was 12.56, and they took green flag of the first feature for, I believe it was the 602 Sportsman, and it just big props to Alabama, um, Alabama, Talladega short track, Talladega short track, excuse me on that, for just being able to get that show really going, not trying to keep people for too, too long. I believe they got out of there before four o'clock after all the features and 
the non-qualifier race, which has eight total races. And that's just big props, big props to the track, big props to the crate racing USA, SCDRA, Kelly, everybody, all his guys getting everything done. The SCDRA feature was very efficient and got done uh, very well. Only one incident, and that was for a mechanical issue. But let's go over those results. I don't know why this isn't popping up. I'm, I know the results, but let me find this real quick. Excuse me. Sorry, I got to go to my race pass isn't looking correct to me because they had to move it to another day. Excuse me on that. But it was John Wyndham who picked up the victory. He led all 40. I believe he led all 40 laps. There might have been one or two that Reed Christensen was able to lead. But it was a very fun race, very competitive. The top five, they were pretty much gone. And that top five was pretty much Wyndham, Christensen, Gibson, Andrew Smith, and who else was there? Wait, no, that's CRUSA. Where, there we are. Lee Hutchinson, Andrew Smith, Josh Adkins. It was a very strong field. Uh, John Wyndham picks up his second win out of the last three races, picking up another 5,000 to win. And he has now brought himself back up to fourth in points, which is very impressive. Because I think I checked before the... My, yeah, it was before the Rebel Yell, before I had him on the show, and he was 11th in points because he just had the rough start from all the way back in the uh, winter freeze through Tri-County, Sonoya, even at Winchester with that DQ. That didn't help him get any alternate points. Uh, it's just been a rough season until he was really able to start turning around at like I-75 and some other stuff. I'm not too sure about I-75, but obviously we know he turned it around with Scrubbing. But just awesome to see him come through. But we are currently tied in the points between Andrew Smith, who finished fourth, and Walker Wyndham, who finished sixth. They are currently tied, and the third is Reed Christensen, just a little bit behind them. And then right behind him is John. And then fifth, I posted this last night. I don't know why I didn't save it. Fifth in points is Eddie McGrew. So, yeah, we'll go over that real quick. 213 tied for Andrew Smith and Walker Wyndham. Third is Reed Christensen at 192. Fourth is John Wyndham at 176. And 169 for Eddie McGrew in fifth place. Their next event is going to be alternate points event for the King of Compacts at Florence Speedway. And all your SCDRA boys are going to be there. Northeast, regular Southeast Division, a bunch of big ringers that are outside of the division. It's going to be a great event. But let's get into some other racings. We'll talk more about KOC and the rest of the SEDRA season over the next few weeks. we got a couple weeks till KOC. That's, I believe, October 6th and 7th. We're going to go over the BAM Street Stocks that was paying 10000 a win at Carolina Speedway. I'm going to go over Friday night and then go over Saturday night. For Friday night, they had... Let me get to the bottom here. They had Renegade Sportsman Pro 4s, Sharp Mini Late Models. They had the Street Stock Heats and Thunder Bombers and Seaha Hornets. This was not a Seaha Hornets points race because they are at Harris. Shout out to Wayne Taylor for picking up that victory. But we'll go over these results for Friday and then go check out Saturday. In the Renegade Sportsman, it was Brandon Kennard picking up the victory over David Lucas and Brandy Baker. Fourth was Benji Knight. Kind of surprising. They had a strong 16-car feel. It looks like 15 cars started for them. That's a good feel for them. Uh, they, they've had a lot lower car counts throughout the season. 
And for the Pro 4 main event, it was AJ Par a Parker. AJ Barker taking home the win over Jacob Kinder and Patrick Annis. And then back behind the wheel, old man Adam Vandiver. Uh, he hasn't been behind the wheel in over two years. I think I might have been at one of his last races at East Lincoln. Uh, he was running one of the old Cherokee cars from years ago. They bought all of like a barn or something. If Alan and any of those guys want to come on and tell that story, they're always welcome. Uh, yeah, great, great to see Adam back behind the wheel. Can't wait to see him at KOC and other events. Sharp Mini Late Models, it was Brad Emerson uh, and Mitchell McNurr, who was a, a newest driver of the day. And yes, I will be getting back on that pretty soon. And your street stock heat winners were Andy Blackwood. Rod Tucker was second in that one. Heat two was Dalton Peavy. Heat three was won by Caleb McLaughlin. Fourth or second in that one was Bando Duke. And heat four was won by Patrick Lyon. Uh, really strong field for all this uh, leading into the 10,000 to win main event on Saturday night. Thunder Bombers was won by Benji Knight. Second was Hunter Funderburk. Fourth was Jacob Funderburk. Sixth was Brandy Baker. Ninth, Justin Truitt. Fourteenth, David Lucas. Uh, I just see third, 14 names, but they have 20 lined up here, so I'm not too sure about uh, 15th or 20th, but still 14 car field, pretty strong. And for the Seahawks Hornets, it was Brad McManus picking up the victory over Wayne Heatherly the second and Brian Barfield. That was a eight-car field. And Mike Sloan in the uh, 91 instead of Zach Sloan. Kind of interesting. I don't know if it's the same car, but somebody let me know about that. For Saturday night with the BAM Street Stocks, we'll get through this real quick. Street Stock B. Vintage was there, and that was won by Jeffrey Wood. Second was Johnny Starkey. And third was Monk Gulledge. I really like that name. They had 13 cars, 12 finished the feature, it looks like to me. And, yeah, good to see those guys. I don't know exactly what cars those are, really. If those are like the Bell and Bell modified type things, you see it. Uh, Lakeview. But, yeah, I always like seeing vintage cars. Now, what else are we missing here? Renegade Sportsman was won by David Lucas. Second was Benji Knight. Third was Brandon Kennard. Fourth was Steve Tothrow, and fifth was Brandy Baker. And the main for the street stocks, where is this? That looks like a dash. There it is. It was won by Hot Rod, Rod Tucker. It was a 60-lap main event. I believe he led the last 17 or 19 laps to take the win over Andrew Blackwood and Dalton Peavy. Luke Scott was fourth. Blake Pryor was fifth. Blake Bentley, sixth. An awesome main event. That is Rod Tucker's second 10,000 win this season. He he has some more big wins compared to some of the late mall guys in the area, and that shows a lot about how talented of a driver he is and how good of a statement race car he has these days. It seemed like it was a 24-car field with 13 running at the finish. Still solid, having a little bit under half the field running. Uh, also, I did not do any math for my head there. Uh, Sharp Mini Late Miles, uh, one again, swept the weekend was Brad Emerson. They had SEDRA uh, Hornets that night. Kind of weird rules. I don't know what the rule different they would have ran as. But that was one by Zach Sloan. Uh, Rusty Coteau, second. Chris Baker, third. Carl Cole, fourth. And fifth was Hunter Wallace. And Crown Vicks. The winner in that main event was Drew Banks. Second was TJ Slack. And third was Tyler Bennett. Kai Lucas in fifth. 
and rounded out the field in ninth. It didn't look like he took any laps was James Hilton. Fun night of racing at Carolina. I believe they have one or two more races before KOC. I am not too sure. Let's get that all squared away. No, they do not have any events left till KOC, and that's their last scheduled event. Uh, well, actually, no, I am completely wrong. I just skipped over it. This weekend, they will be having the 10,000 win Enduro. This has been one of the most anticipated events for Mark Abernathy and a lot of the people at Carolina Speedway and guys that run Enduros in the southeast and even up north. I know I know somebody from New Hampshire, uh, Vermont. I'm not exactly where all the of it's from, but shout out road so to Randy. Uh, <laughs> I like how Randy's going to be the area and not even go see this Enduro, especially James. James ran this event like two years ago. But I would think they're going to have probably north of 60 cars, 70 cars competing for 10,000. It's 200 lap main event. No yellow flags, just red flags to be able to clear the track if there's a big wreck or something they need to throw it for. That's going to be crazy. I wish I could make it up there for that. I'm unfortunately not going to be doing any racing at all this weekend. And we'll uh, just see for the weekend after that. I'm, my next planned race will be the King of Carolinas, getting back over to Carolina Speedway, see Hunter Weaver, all the boys of the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Mile Series, and uh, just see what's going on. To finish up our series for the weekend, I'm going to quickly go over the Carolina Clash and the Carolina Sprint Tour. Carolina Clash was at County Line Speedway, so that means you got to deal with all the good old I-95 boys like the Rouses and Willie Milliken used to be a part of that group and a bunch of stuff like that. I'm just trying to pull up County Line. Here we go. I'm just going to quickly go over Carolina Clash. Your winner was Russell Irwin from Beaver Dam, Virginia in his 22. He picked up the victory over Dustin Mitchell in his D8. Michael Batten was third. Michael Rouse fourth. Fifth was Christian Thomas. Sixth was friend of the show, Gray Parton. Uh, points leader Ben Watkins was ninth, so a little bit of lost points Ben uh, to Gray. So Gray climbing up just a little bit more. Daniel Adam was 12th, Rich Koiken was 13th, Steve Banall was 15th, Willie 16th, 20th was David Yandel, 21st Dykes Maynard, and then did not start was Spencer Ligon, Ligon. he was in the 18th from Lexington, North Carolina. Uh, Strongfield, a bunch of good, those like Eastern North Carolina I-95 guys, like if you look at this top five, there's... All the top five. Yeah, Irwin, Mitchell, Batten, Rouse, Thomas. Like it's hard to beat those guys in the in the eastern part of North Carolina between County Line, um, Halifax, Fayetteville. Very strong to compete against those guys, even when they go down to Lakeview sometimes. Let's hop over for the Carolina Sprint Tour. For the Carolina Clash, their next event is going to be the Big C Memorial at Fayetteville, paying, I think it's 10,000 win. It was originally 7,500, but I'm going to confirm that for you guys real, real quick. It'll be 7,500 to win. Uh, memorial for Car uh, Carlton Lamb. This will be the second event for the Carolina Sprint Tour, excuse me, Carolina Clash this season. Uh, last one was in April. That was won by Willie Milliken. That was April 15th, if I am right. 
let's go over to Lakeview to finally cover the Carolina Sprint Tour that I keep mentioning. They had the Pop Hans Open Wheel Madness. Go find the results of our buddies with the Carolina Sprint Tour. Look like Hot Laps was won by Jacob McLean. Heat race winners were Jacob McLean and Nick Tucker, and winning the victory as well as Heat 2 was Nick Tucker from Concord, North Carolina. He took his number 28 to victory lane. Second was Buddy of the Show, George Laux. Third was Ben McCall. Fourth was Robert Tyler. Fifth was guest of today's show, Johnny Petrozelli. Sixth was Brianna Lawson. Seventh was Outlaw Vardell. Eighth was Richard Wisdo. Ninth, John Frucci. Tenth, Garrett Palmer. Eleventh, Jacob McLean. And did not start was Kale Kozad. And their next race will be at Smoky Mountain Speedway, paying two thousand to win for those guys. Two thousand, two thousand buckaroos. It will be their makeup date from July, and it looks like they got some extra money in. And I hope it's a good race for them guys. Be able to make that long of a haul. That's one of the longest trips I think that series has had to make. I would have to confirm that with Sean. But yeah, that's all the results and everything. Everybody's got coming up this weekend. And, yeah, we will uh, be talking to you guys next week with another guest. I, I generally enjoy and appreciate you guys tuning in the podcast every week. The last couple ones have been killing it. And, yeah, it's just uh, it's been awesome being able to carry this momentum, have more people recognize me, a lot of people buying the shirts. I appreciate you guys. You guys don't understand how much that means to me. I still have more shirts, but just warning, I am still out of large and extra larges. And if you guys do need to order more or want them, I'll start making another list for them. And I'll be able to get the money ready for that, have that prepared. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Alabama was awesome. Uh, if you want some more clips and more stuff like that, you can post on my TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Hope you guys have a great week. Don't forget to follow Doing Much Under on all social medias, and have a good one.